Welcome to the podcast for today's programme. We have spent a glorious afternoon uh, down at a Laxey Working Men's Institute or up at Laxey. I, I never know which way. Out at. Out I don't at, know, actually. Out at Laxey, in know. the Laxey Working Men's Institute. And I have to say, before we go much further, uh, today would not have happened if it wasn't for one person in particular, Beth. No, Val Kinraid, you have been an absolute star in bringing all these people together. Round of applause for Val, everybody. <laughs> but I also get a real sense that there are so many more people who could have been here. Oh, Laxey is just such a wonderful community. Um, there are so many different clubs and societies going on, and it's just fantastic to see everybody gathering today. So thank you very much, ladies, too. And are you Laxey born and bred? No, I'm actually uh, an import. I've only been here 25 years. Um, but my husband, um, my husband's family are from Laxey. Um, my husband's grandfather was um, Edwin Neal, who actually had rescued the Laxey wheel and ran it. And um, there's mining heritage in my family. My, my, in fact, my great granny was born in Colorado when her family went out from Fox Delta to, to, in, to mine gold, but they, they came back, thank goodness, otherwise I wouldn't be here now. Um, so yes, it, it, that's sort of our connection with Laxey, and then I'm involved in lots of different projects around Laxey too. And as we keep on saying throughout this series, what we're finding is that these community hubs are still alive and kicking, and it's great to see them thriving in this day and age. It is, and Laxey, I mean, you've not only got the, the Mercury Maids Institute, you've got Laxey Methodist Church, where the Cubs, the Guides, the Brownies, the Badgers... Um, and I've been asked to give a plug for Brownies, which is restarting in Laxey. So any, any girls between 7 and 10, please contact um, Alison Neal at Alison Neal at manx.net, I think it is. But I can give you the, the full, the, the correct title. Um, yeah, there's, there's so much going on in the village. It's just brilliant. And this Visit Laxey Valley project that I'm involved in is, um, is another sort of string to the bow and it's hoping that people will stay in Laxey and they will come and visit us and um, actually see Laxey is a wonderful place. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's bringing it all together. It's so much more than just the beautiful beach which people come down on a, on a sunny day and you see everything down there and obviously the wheel, but there is just so much more to it. There is, there is. I mean, our, our mantra has always been from sea to summit and uh, Richard and Tina have a bit of work tirelessly, tirelessly uh, to produce brochures, of uh, which we have one here today, to produce various leaflets. So this is just to visit Laxey Valley. We're going to have 7,000 of these produced, and we're then going to go into boarding houses, hotels all around the island. We're going to be walking around in Laxey Fair Day, handing them out. And really, it's just to inspire people to come to Laxey and to spend a day and visit, looking at the biodiversity. So we've worked with the Ardman Biosphere. We've worked with the Dark Skies, Howard Park, and um, Joe Overtier, say, from the Ardman Biosphere has been a great supporter and so and we've also had this marvellous map drawn by Vic Bates uh, where we actually have for the first time the great Laxey mineral vein so you can see where how, how the mining began and all of the points of interest are on here we've got a top 10 things to do so the water wheel obviously valley gardens uh, great man's Ra railway snail and our welcome center but but the one th and as well as the Welcome Centre, we've also been very fortunate. John Woods from uh, the Windmills has given us, for a limited time, the Crafty Weaver Tea Room. And we are, that was where our Captain, video, uh, Captain Row video was shot. And so now we're turning into his, um, into his office and we're going to have desks and chair, sort of Victorian paraphernalia. And you can, learn, you can go in there and learn more about... Uh, Victorian mining heritage from posters and the other thing is um, can I say how absolutely uh, 
bowled over we've been from the support, not only from the people within the village, but also Laxey Commissioners. We could not have done that without their support, obviously Edmund Southers at MNH, Ian Bates and Ian Longworth at Bus Bannon. Um, but they, you know, they have, everybody's been terrific and we're going to have uh, more posters up in the uh, Rose Garden Shelter um, detailing, I say more, more about the biosphere, the Manx Dots guys and the mines themselves. It's a wonderful example of joined up thinking which um, really we hope sort of permeates throughout the rest of the island. Very much so and I think you know the thing that's really coming across today, oh my nephews have just turned up with my sister, hello, more from Laxey School there. Uh, so one of the things that's coming across today as we've just heard from Val there is how passionate the members of the community are about the area, how much they want to share it and one of the things that's come out of that is the uh, Visit Laxey Valley initiative. And as Val was saying to us before, and we had a quick word with Andrew at the end of this, the, the programme, one of the people that has been very instrumental in this is Andrew Scarf. Um, Andrew, what is it about this place that you want to, to share it to, to everyone? What, is, what do you love about it? Everything. It's a short, simple answer. It's absolutely everything. There was so much um, history crammed into such a small place. Um, to be honest, I think us as residents, we take it for granted. Um, but we've got to really, as Val's um, just been explaining there, got to promote ourselves a lot better and let everybody know what we've got and share it. Um, there's just so much here. Because I think a lot of people just immediately think, oh, the wheel. But there's so much more than that. I mean, you, you yourself know quite a lot about the mines, don't you? I, I, allegedly, I know a little bit, yes. <laughs> I, I, I've been told I do, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> the odd book here and there, yes. And that's really one of my sort of core interests and subjects is the mine. I've spent years researching it and actually going back... 1850s I descended from a mining family so perhaps got mining in the blood um, yeah, one of the things that struck me I think it was two or three years ago I was doing a guided walk around the village and it was down at the valley gardens um, and I was talking about the mining industry and tram number one went past on the MER and it struck me I said just stop talking about the mines now this is number one's just gone past us it's the oldest operating electric tram car anywhere in the world We've got that. We've got the only mountain railway, electric mountain railway in the British Isles. We've got the biggest water wheel in the world. You know, fantastic place. And King Ori's grave as well, which I think a lot of people might miss that because it's just, just on the outskirts, just mm. you go past the hill there. But the history of that is extraordinary. It, it is. I mean, again, it's another little hidden gem that we've got. That, that Unfortunately, you do just happen to come across it by accident. But again, as Val was saying before, the leaflet's out there now. It's hopefully on the bus trail, um, a lot more accessible to a lot more people in the future. I just have to say the little bit of information that I found about uh, uh, the King Orry's grave before we came down here is the fact that apparently at one point people wouldn't go past it because they were terrified uh, because it was rumoured that King Orry was actually killed there and murdered there so people wouldn't go past King Orry's grave but it's, it's alright, it's all just, all, just, all just myth and legend. Oh we love a bit of folklore <laughs> though. Uh, somebody else who's quite fond of this area is uh, Daphne Kane, MHK and not a bad place to represent. It's a wonderful place to represent and it's the community that makes it. And from a politician's point of view, I think it's really important to recognise that, isn't it? It's people power, really, which is just putting Laxey on the map. It is. It starts with a vision. If you don't have vision, you can't achieve anything. And I love the ambition that's evident across everything that's happening. But the, the thing that stands out to me is that from the very youngest, from the schools who are taking ownership of the environment, who are deliberately um, building that, knowledge amongst children about the importance of putting something back into the community and it's in all areas and it's you know with Andrew's knowledge of 
all things historical and the trust, the Heritage Trust that works and has various projects going on, plus the, the new vision of the Laxey Valley Scheme. I think we are very lucky in Laxey that not only do we have the product, but we have the people power that wants to make the most of that, and really for the benefit of all the visitors as well as residents. Now, we are inside the Laxey Working Men's Institute. We talked a little bit at the start of the programme about the restoration of this building, which took from 2007 until 2011, and we're just downstairs in this building now. It's yeah. just so multifunctional isn't it it's amazing so oh, many things I've happened been to here. so many different things here from big fairs to gigs you know people come up from all over the world to play here whether it's for the blues club or just you know sort of random individual gigs it's a fantastic place to come and we are just watching some images on a television screen here if I just come over here and um, we have uh, Dennis Goddard and uh, Peter Burgess are still with us what are we watching here Peter um, well this is actually um, a series of photos that Dennis took most of them I think um, and it's the, yeah, it's the demolition of the old uh, kitchen and toilet block, and uh, which is, uh, as you can see from the uh, images, it's uh, in the process of uh, being built. The new one, which was uh, the new extension, which was opened in 2000, and officially opened in 2015, but it was completed end of 2014. So. Uh, and it really does give you an idea of just what has gone into this and just how important it is to retain that original elegance as well, Dennis. Yes, certainly. Uh, as I said before, a village without a hall is not a village. And this is a certainly uh, a hall to be proud of now. And uh, Christy, I don't, it's, it's hard to imagine what's gone into this, really. Well, there's another gentleman here, I think, has been dropping little bits of information to us who is clearly very involved with it himself. What is your name, sir? I'm Mike Burgess. That's number one son. Oh, <laughs> lovely. And you were just telling us about some railway sleepers. There was the, the, the tops of the, new win the old windows had a piece of railway sleeper holding the, the upper deck. Yes, they did, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, were, they were quite rotten. Um, when we came to take the windows apart, these windows had to be replaced because they were, were rotten. Um, we found old railway sleepers, or what looked like old railway sleepers, above the windows that were making yeah. the, the window heads fall in. But also, more interestingly, is um, these uh, beams that run across the, uh, the, the hall, uh, that, those two, the shallower ones on the ceiling further down, are both railway lines. Uh, and one of them is a... Um, I don't know where it came from, but we can only suspect uh, um, Val's husband, Ed, knows quite a bit about it, and his father. Um, they may have well come from the uh, cable car, uh, the thing that was taken up in, uh, in the 20s in Douglas, because they're a, um, a scooped-out rail, like for riding on a road, and they're, they're holding, the, holding the floor above up, uh, as well as two or three other beams that apparently... Um, uh, Bob Kinraid is old enough to remember them being slotted in through the side of the building because they took out the the scent because there used to be uh, uh, pool tables down snooker tables down here so um, to get them in they wanted to take the centre posts out and so they found metal from wherever and put it in and uh, that's why the floor is so so strong because there's there's this there's those beams five metal beams there's these uh, posts holding up a ring beam that goes around the outside and then the, all the joists are into the wall so there's four ways that the whole uh, floor is held up 
and that's what interested one of our uh, renovation guys who came around to see it. He, he couldn't believe how the, the, it had been built in a kind of mining style, like propped up, you know, the, so they could obviously have some heavy-duty dancing here in those days. <laughs> <laughs> well, dancing leads us quite neatly into the fact there have been so many, as I mentioned, gigs and things here. Now, Ken, you've been involved with the Institute for, for several years, haven't you, and, and bringing gigs and, and yes. organising the sound for people? Yes, um, when we... When we put the hall back together, we wanted it to be more than just um, a village hall. We wanted it to be an arts, have an arts centre feel to it as well. And, and, and that kind of goes with the, the, the feel. And the original trust deed, I don't know if anyone said this, but it was, to, it was built to free the miners from the slavery of ignorance. So that's the kind of original... So that, that feeling that actually you can do more than just party or do keep fit or whatever. So we can, we've got a kind of education brief. So educating people about music is an important thing and you'll get a really fantastic education in the blues if you turn up here on Saturday when Max and Veronica have come all the way from Italy to play some good time blues um, as part of the, um, the Big Wheels Blues Festival. So we have regular blues clubs, folk uh, evenings, um, all sorts of kind of different things. And we've got the facilities and the equipment to lay on a really, really good gig. And it is fantastic, I have to say. I've been able to make use of that myself in the past, and it is wonderful. And you've also, obviously, you were involved in Soundcheck for many years as well, and so you've been very instrumental in helping young people as well, haven't you, to get slots here? And instrumental. Oh, so yeah, it's good. She's didn't good. even notice yeah, that part. Yeah, I mean, it's good now, those, that, that, that's been going... 20 odd years, so um, those, those, they're not young people anymore, they're well established <laughs> musicians that are keeping the, the, the Isle of Man music scene well and truly alive. And what have been some of your favourite moments here from a music point of view? Um, uh, you know, what, what, one of the things that, um, that I really like is, is giving people an opportunity to play. Not, it's not just about the audience, the audience is, to me is kind of incidental. The, the main thing is that you're giving people that have, have worked hard at a craft to develop their musicianship um, and they get a chance to play and be taken seriously. So if you're in a pub, the same band could be in a pub playing despite the fact that there are, you know, 100 people trying to noisily drink and the band is almost an inconvenience. Here, that same 100 people would sit and listen and appreciate the, the work and effort that's gone in. And so that's, to me, it's about keeping local music alive, um, you know, and it's, it's important. And it really does, I have to say. Like I said, I've been to many gigs here, and uh, it's been a, a wonderful thing to, to witness and, and hear. And a main theme of today's programme is the importance of all the generations within the village. And uh, we only spoke briefly to Fiona Cracknell during the show, but Fiona, uh, you have been involved with the younger end, newly retired. Just tell us what your role has been. Uh, I was a youth worker in charge for uh, Laxey and London Youth Club, which is run by the Board of Education, the Youth Service. Um, lots of obviously youth clubs all around the island and this one here uh, as I, I took over 20 years ago um, started off just as a volunteer being brought in to help and out and do um, some of the craft work and ended up <laughs> taking, <laughs> taking it on and doing all the events that, that we get involved with um, and now I see the, the children that came through driving and pushing prams and it's quite a shock sometimes when I think oh my goodness I remember them when they were just little ones in Laxey school um, but it gives them um, a chance to meet the with the older ones particularly the year sevens 
When they go to high school, obviously Laxey being a, a place where they're split, so some go to Ramsey and some go to Bemhaig or uh, Balakameen, and they lose contact with their friends. So it was an opportunity for them particularly to then catch up in the week with friends that they, they lost touch of because they'd split high schools. So when they see each other, they come running in and the girls particularly hug each other, you know, because they just haven't seen each other all week. So it's great for them to get together. And, and we take part in different events, Wet and Wild and Laxey Fair and all sorts of things to try and get the children to understand how lucky they are to be in this wonderful place and the things that they get the opportunity to do, go up to the wheel and go to the beach and use the, the football field and, and just fantastic place. To, to be part of. It's great to hear actually that over the past two decades that the idea of having a youth club is still as important as ever because it's something that you don't necessarily hear as much about anymore. Absolutely. We're really fortunate on the Isle of Man that the youth service is still going and such an important part of this island. Um, you speak to, to anybody who's involved in, in communities, the police, and they, and they recognise how important is the, the youth service to this island because... Most of the UK now don't have any youth service at all. They've all been closed down, lack of funding. And we're really, really fortunate that we still have this fantastic service that has many, many clubs around the island and all are you know, doing really well for the, the children in that community because they're quite remote, so it's very important that they have something for them in their place. And just finally, you also represent the Laxey Methodist Church um, and you were telling me before we came on air for the show about the puppet services. Yeah. Just explain that to us. That's right, yeah. Um, we're only quite a small church and we do have a small Sunday school as well and something that we started a few years ago was a puppet ministry and we use puppets in our uh, family services and they do sketches and they do songs and not just the children, everyone says, oh, the children must love them, but the adults too absolutely love them. And anybody can do a puppet when they're behind that curtain. It doesn't matter who it is, so it doesn't matter whether you're a girl or a boy or a, I've got some new sheep puppets. Um, anybody can do it. It's quite hard work, but it's such a fun message to get across and everybody they just put smiles on their faces. So that's one of the things that we do at church and we also try different things. We have Cafe Church and speaking of the music that we've talked about here, an event coming up is our jazz service that we have annually on the 4th of August. Our normal services are in the morning at 11am but that one is at 6.30 on the 4th of August when we just jazz up the hymns a bit and if you want to get up and have a bit of a jive we're more than welcome so 4th of August if you want to come along then great fun uh, just a different way of doing church. Sounds wonderful, Fiona. Thank you so much for being here this afternoon. Now, we're just speaking there about the, the youth. And I have to say, I am going to come over because I've got my nephews here. I'm just going to come over here because they came over here having moved here from London, then New York. And now you live in Laxey Village. Uh, Finn, you're eight, nearly nine. What is it you love about living in Laxey? I really like um, how much greenery there is and the beach and the Laxey Vale. And you two have both been very involved, haven't you, in what was something we've been talking about recently with the beach cleaning, haven't you? Yeah, and it's really fun because you get to, like, go out of school and, like, you can talk to your friends while you're cleaning up the beach and then cleaning up the beach just becomes effortless. Oh, you're so good. You've taught them well, Chester. I'm so impressed. Uh, Luca, you know the person that's behind the beach cleaning and the beach buddies, don't you? Who's that? Oh, he's gone all shy. He's spoken so many times on the radio before he's gone shy now. Uh, Chess, what do, you, what do you love about it? What's the difference about being in Laxey? To, to obviously, it's, it's so different to a city anyway, but what do you enjoy about it? Um, I think, as you all have touched on so much throughout the show, the community element. I think the fact that 
it, you know, the kids can go outside and play with the neighbours and you don't even have to watch them, you can look out the window. It's amazing. And the variety of things in one small place that we can easily walk to, whether it's the beach, whether it's the glen, whether it's the wheel, um, whether it's the cafes, whatever it might be, it's all at an easy, accessible distance and you feel safe. And as Finn said, actually, I think the beauty and the scenery as well is just outstanding. So, yes, we love Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. And I'm um, just with the Reverend Joe Dudley, who we also spoke to during the programme. And it just must be so heartening for you, Joe, just hearing about this, this notion of community and just how it's thriving here. Yes, I feel really privileged to be the current incumbent here at Christchurch Laxey, which is the church beside the railway station. It's just a privilege and an absolute pleasure um, to be the incumbent and to be part of the community. I love riding the trams and we're so grateful to the tram staff who have helped us in so many ways. Fundraising has taken over an awful lot, but worship is so important. And as I said to you in the programme, I can only just say thank you, Lord, for sending Richard Hubbard the day that uh, we were, perhaps the word is a bit strong, but threatened with the fact that the parish wasn't going to be viable and this um, making the church the welcome centre because if you, I'm sure you do know, the church was built by the miners for the miners, the land having been given by the mine owner and they were allowed to build the church out of the fallout or the outfall of the mine so they had their own place to go and worship. Many of the people, not only the indigenous ones, but some came from Cornwall, some came from Wales and they all wanted to worship on a Sunday. They were having to walk by pubs and were being ridiculed, so they had their own church built, which became a church in its own right in 1919. And I'm not quite sure what number incumbent I am, but I feel very privileged to be the incumbent. And now, such an important part of, of telling the story of the village. Absolutely, yes. Uh, I mean, we use the Bible to tell the story of creation and everything else, but it's so important, while we've still got people alive who know the history, perhaps from their, from their grandparents, and they pass it on. And it is critical that that story is told of how hard life was and how much we can take for granted. But the beauty of creation and everything else is just so special. that I do pray that this um, project will take off. Yes, the spin-off will be that the church will be financed as the Welcome Centre, but also we need to remember that the weaver's tale is going to be told, the rose gardens are going to be used, and we've got lots of other ideas. And it's so wonderful that the community has made this dream become a reality. Well, thank you so much for being part of our programme this afternoon. I think that's a perfect way to wrap things up. Absolutely wonderful. A huge thanks to everyone that's been involved in this, especially, I should say again, to Val for uh, organising so many of these guests this afternoon for us. Don't forget that it is the Laxey Fair on Saturday the 29th of June, so just over a week away, and uh, that is where, or two weeks away. No, what's the date today? I don't, I don't know. know, Beth. Don't know. I've completely confused everything. 29th of June, two, two weeks, weeks away. away. <laughs> thanks, Sarah Handy. Uh, so do come down to Laxey for that, and that is when the Welcome Centre will be open at Christchurch and you'll be able to watch that wonderful film as well. And if you would like to be part of the Village Hall series, we really would love to hear from you. Late lunch at manxradio.com. Just drop us a line, let us know where, where you are and we'll do our best to organise that. But uh, do you reckon there's any cake left? I think we should go and find out for sure.